Hello, Greg. Good morning, Rob. How's it going, mate? Not bad. I'm currently smoking uh, some more beef jerky like I did last week. I thought you were going to say I'm smoking a fag. No, I gave that up ooh, five, three, six years ago, I think it is now. I know, I can't believe how long that is, how long you give up. Come on, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to go robbery on me again, are you? No, I'm going to try not to. That's all right, and you got a fresh hamster loaded? I got a fresh hamster loaded. The problem was your end, you killed your hamster. Well, that's because I've got bloody three kids here constantly running hamsters out. I want uh, some of them Duracell true. hamsters. <laughs> Well, like I said to you, what you want to do is get some chloroform and a rag, right? And then just say yeah. to the kids, here, have a smell of this. Does it smell like chloroform to you? And it solves the problem. They shut up and be quiet. Yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, that's illegal in certain countries, like this one. <laughs> What's a sick bird of prey got to do with it? I don't know. An ill eagle. Oh, my days. That's is this illegal. too early for you, bro? No, it's gym. never too early for me. I just haven't had enough coffee yet to keep up with you. No, I'm just, I'm here. I'm on my second cup of tea. God, it's been a manic morning. But hey, I, I tell you what, I've been just like visiting the Aloff with the old farmer's sister, collecting eggs this morning. Oh, he come out so pert and uh, these, these cacklevers were still warm when I picked them up and the young lady there served me and I was like, you know, say young lady, she's probably 39, but I suppose that is young lady to me. She's 10 mm-hmm. years younger than me. <laughs> yes, because you're heading to the old Hawaii Five-O, aren't you? I, I am. I am. <laughs> you know, lucky, to, lucky to do so because money hasn't. But I tell you what, she's lovely. That girl and that girl in there. She's a say, gosh, bloody woman. But God, I tell you, she's a she's a busty girl. She's a proper farm girl. You know, bit of strength in her arms and everything else. And something to grab hold of. And I tell you what, she gave me a lovely squeeze this morning, a cuddle, and oh, exactly because you were tired. Well, you should, no, you should, she, she, she's all <laughs> she, she says I brighten up her day and bring a bit of joviality and, and you know because you know quite a lot. I've noticed since this lockdown and all this COVID, there are some miserable so-and-sos. There really are. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm being funny. But what's there to be miserable about? I mean, you know, all right, it's not very good. We've got a bit of a problem with lockdowns and the COVID and all the rest of it. But you're still breathing. There's many who ain't. You know, yep. and it was like you say, it was me mum's birthday on Wednesday, her first year in heaven, as it were, and it's me nan's on Sunday. You know, they where's that be. time gone? I know, where's a bloody year gone? I mean, gee whiz. Yeah, it's been six months since dad passed. Is it really? Yeah, no. 31st of October, he went. That's not six months, bloody hell. Where the hell does the time go? And I'll tell you what is weird, Rob. Yeah. I broke my neck back in 1998, and I was 22, and I broke my neck on October the 31st. Dad passed away on October the 31st, exactly 22 years later. How can he's that? I, I know we were talking about that before. I mean, there's just something there, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's just let's just remember October 20. Was it 21st or 22nd? 31st. Hello. I thought you said 21st. No, Halloween. Have you put your your teeth in this morning? Yeah. Good, because, you know, because like I say, some of the viewers are saying they can't understand you, so keep your teeth in. Well, at least I don't use Gert Lush and all that sort of nonsense, you know, people phoning in and going, what did that Rob say? (laughs) And that's because I'm proper West Country, not plastic West Country, like you Cornish boys. 
Where we were the original ones and the best. No, you was invaders. You coming across the sea and snuck in the bottom end. Well, some did. Some <laughs> <did>. <laughs> Here on some about invading. Um, I see um, all our nice holiday makers and stuff invaded us for the Easter break. Oh, wonderful. And um, a warning to all. Anybody that does gardening, please dispose of your clippings, trimmings, etc. properly. Did you see the report? Um, I think it was a Welsh farmer during the week lost nine pregnant ewes because somebody threw the hedge clippings over the hedge into their field and killed the sheep. It's happened here local. Yeah, they, they they did it local here. We we lost uh, we lost four. Uh, and I remember a couple of years ago, a farmer lost nearly a whole herd of store bullocks, winter bullocks, because somebody threw you clippings in over the bloody edge as well. I know, it's bloody idiots. They don't realise. I mean, no. I mean, like, like upon the estate there, we got a big yew plantation. I mean, I got terrible trouble with squirrels in it, but we got to make sure it's fenced off well when we put the cattle in there or whatever, because. Hey, well, I tell you what I've had just lately you know, let's, when we did the hard bit of winter the bloody deer have been eating it and some can survive and some can't and I've had to pick up a few that have not survived it yeah it's like um, blackbirds will eat the berries but because they pass the stones they pass the poison out and that's how they survive yeah yeah, well, we got a fair few blackbirds. Uh, black blackbirds, blackbirds, uh, blackberry bushes. But uh, no, uh, I tell you, we got some bloody, we got some wonderful nature up on the estate, and uh, you know, we got a pair of peregrines have moved in. Now, oh, very nice. Most, most keepers are give it a freak out and go, oh my god, birds are praying. Well, they take the odd bird and you go, but they're natural. You know, they they belong there. That's one thing I love about the estate. What we do is we teach the green ecological way of country sports and wildlife and mother nature out all walks hand in hand with conservation and uh you know and, and the kids i mean you know they love they love seeing the birds of prey i mean just what was what are we on today what's today friday bloody this bank holiday last weekend threw me right out i keep thinking it's wednesday today um well you work every day anyway so it shouldn't make any difference well no but that's why i get confused <laughs> with the days it's bad not trying to remember them anyway you know um and uh yeah no uh the kids missed it. They'd already gone. And I'd seen all these pigeons. They took flight and they, they freaked out everyone. The crows went off because we've got a lovely pair of carrying crows there. They're, well, in fact, we've got two pair now because they live at the other end. They have running battles as well. Uh, but all of a sudden, they, everything kicked off. And I looked up and this peregrine came out straight down a valley and smacked this pigeon right out of the air, like two foot off the ground. I tell you, amazing. And I'll tell you what, right, the dust, the, the, the feather splash that came off of it, and you'd swear I didn't with 42 grams of BB or something, because he went, puff, this feather, this pigeon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this, this peregrine slipped over and started munching away on him. And uh, it was amazing to watch, absolutely amazing. You know, it's yeah. one, of those, one of those rare moments in Mother Nature that really was an absolute pleasure to be, be part of. Well, you know where I live, and to our listeners, hey, I got it right this week. Um, I live basically <laughs> in the suburbs of Plymouth, as it would be. Now, I'm about oh, two miles away from the countryside and about four miles away from Dartmoor, so I'm right on the outside edges. And just down the road from me, we've got um, Plymbridge Woods, which is where the um, Plymbridge Trust and Peregrines are. Now, yeah, I, I have a south-facing garden, as you know, and 
I've seen the peregrines hunt. Now, what they do is they wait till late afternoon when the sun's almost in the southwestern sky and they fly right out into the water sunshine, wait for pigeons to fly along a flight line here and then come in health and leather and take them with using the sun as a blinder. God, what a magnificent sight that is. I said, well, that's how, you know, like, say, for instance, back in the Second World War, dogfighting and everything, it's still the same now. They they come down out of the sun. Yeah. And that's watching, you know, they, you know, pilots and stuff, you know, still, to a degree, use nature as part of their training. Oh, yes. You know, and, uh, you know, you can't argue with that, you know. No. Nature. Nature is beautiful. It's wonderful. And... And, uh... When was it? You know, oh, I, Hold on. About... Three years ago, I went up to our local Asda, which is at the top of the hill here, and I saw this peregrine come in. I thought, he's not, and he bloody did. He flipped upside down, took a seagull out, and flipped the seagull down about 50, 60 yards and whacked it straight down onto the deck. Yeah, no, I told I seen that about... Hang on a minute, that seagull's about 12 pounds in weight. <laughs> well, i seen that about... It's got to be about 15, 16 years ago. And it's literally the opposite side of the valley from the chute. There's a the quarry there, and they nest up on it. And um, I, I was there. I was up on the other side, the opposite side of the thing. It was on the end of a Christmas tree plantation, over a barley crop because the barley was getting absolutely smashed by these pigeons. And uh, so I got the hide up, the decoys out, and everything. So I shot quite a pile of pigeons and. You know, I've had it before, and where sparrows and buzzards have come down and nicked me pigeons out of the decoy pattern and all sorts. But this one particular day, I'm on this Christmas tree plantation. Like I say I got the hide up. Always remember because I got me um, real tree jeans on from Bass Pro, and it's uh, they were made of Christmas trees, but they were jeans, jean material. But and the, but, it was, but the pattern was Christmas tree, so I was like quite apt. I was on the Christmas tree plantation, and uh, I looked up, and this seagull coming across making out of a squawking noise and I can see and there was a male and I know it was male now after I witnessed what I witnessed male was buzzing this great big herring gull right and he was yeah and the seagull was going mad and as it got almost over the top of my decoy pattern I mean it's probably like 30 yards up at this point right, right in front of me I could see this aerial flight and this, this male trying because it was a small male he couldn't he probably couldn't have took it he, you know probably could have took it but might have injured himself doing so but this little dot that was in the sky got big very fast and mm-hmm. it hit this seagull and it sounded like a cricket ball hit in the back yeah like, you know it was like it was it was leather against dickery and i tell you what that was the female she folded that thing in half and uh you know and and, and they flew and she flew off with it she carried it off and uh, and i see them they, they got over by the cliff towards the other end of the field and they dropped down and they both sat there and it I think she had her fair share first before he did, but there we go. Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so there we go. That was that was a. I've got quite a few um, stories about peregrines, but yeah, it was wonderful to see. You know, and, and the trouble is, we got all these buggers out there. They, you know, we got buggers in our industry, or not really in our industry, but people that are um, involved with country sports, I'll say, are bad ambassadors. Yes. And uh, I, I just, the way they treat wildlife, I can understand where the aunties come from to some degree. And, you know, even Chris Packham, when he's not in his twilight zone, um, I can understand what he's on about sometimes by the way people treat nature. I, it's, the only word I've got for some of these people, they're ghastly. Ghastly. Yeah. That's a nice word, isn't it? I like that word, ghastly. 
Um, but there it goes. So that's the intro. Anyway, enough ranting and raving about that. Uh, well, last night's podcast went well with the Collins Boys Unleashed, didn't it? Yeah. Now, I know Uncle was telling the story about the kitten, but I got a funny feeling it will be lost in translation for people. Would you like to retell it? <laughs> well, it was back in the 70s. He was cleaning out his carburetor on his motorbike in the front, in the farm cottage front garden. Right. And he put a saucer, he put a saucer down of petrol because he was using it to clean the carb and other bits like he did. And his kitten came up and drank the petrol. But by the time oh, he no. looked around, he, took, he tried to grab him. He took off around the garden trying to chase him and everything else. He tried to catch him. His kit, the bloody wild farm cat, he took off like a rocket. And uh, by the time he caught up with him, he just went, oh, and killed over. So that was that. So what was wrong with the kitten then? Ran out of petrol. Oh dear. Boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But I'll tell you what, I see I told you when we were gonna when we when you come up with the idea and said, why don't we get the get dad and Dave on? I said to you, I said that's gonna be like herding cats with them two. Because they go off in tangents and off off on their own and then they sort of wander back. Yes, I also noticed last night they couldn't always remember a story until you're halfway through it, and then the other one would pipe in and join in and finish the rest of the story. It's like, I don't know, a minute ago, you couldn't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> it comes down to their age, you see, you know, and I'm getting to be old timers now, see. Careful. You know? They'll still pull the yeah. wool over your eyes, Mr. Collins. Hey, listen, then two have always ganged up on me all my life. You wonder how I'm shock tested and skinned like a rhino. Well, there's your, there's your proof right there. <laughs> and if you listen to the podcast last night, we do not advise shooting foxes with air rifles. This was many, many years ago, wasn't it, Rob? And they knew the fox was already dead. dead. <laughs> Unlike you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Well, the thing is, his uncle had already shot. I, I, I know he shot it with his Remington 20 more semi auto. Uh, and, and I know he, he shot it with SSGs because that's what he always used for foxes. Um, and that was shot like literally less than 20 yards in his chicken pen. Uh, but unto me, known to me as a very young lad, I must have only been 10 or 12 maybe, <laughs> he, he, pro- he propped the bloody fox up next to the chicken run, knowing full well that my beady little country boy eyes would spot him. And he gave me the air rifle and walked around and he said, yeah, see if you can shoot any rats and all this sort of stuff. And, and I always remember it was his old HW77. Uh, and uh, so I'm still coming shooting rats. And also, I can hear Dad and Dave going, they're trying to... I could, I could hear him sort of giggling and whispering. And all of a sudden, our day said, there's that bloody fox over by the chicken run. Get him. Of course, I've gone in. I went smack, first shot, right between his eyes. So I seen him, I seen the actual fox jump, but he, he was dead. So it was just a, the wrinkle of the, of the pellet and stuff. And um, I'm like, I must have missed. Of course, they're shouting, shoot him again. You missed, you missed. Of course, I've done it. By about the third pellet in between his eyes, and he fell over. Right, I went, he's already dead. <laughs> of course, those two are pissing themselves laughing because they've stitched me up. <laughs> you know, like like the time that like the time the bugger switched my cartridges, right? And it, and they'd loaded a load of cartridges because we had our own cartridge ma- uh, machine, old eighty cartridge machine, and they they switched my cartridges round, right? And they'd loaded them with rice. <laughs> right? So I'm trying to do a deal with a pigeon shoot and they're the other side and they're getting all the shots and all they've done is use me as a bloody scarecrow keep them off the other side of the field they get a bag of pigeons and I don't get a single one 
right? And I fired about 100 cartridges. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell's going on? I can't be this bad a shot. Today. What's the matter with me? That, I mean, I shot one out of a tree. It was like above me head, 20 yards. And it's just a puff of feathers and he flew off. <laughs> right? What the hell's going on? So I looked at these cartridges. I thought, some don't look right with these. So I opened them up and emptied them out. And inside was Basmati rice. <laughs> right, and they stitched me up with rice cartridges. Could have been worse. They could have used rock salt and really had a good day with you. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, the rock salt ones, well, yeah, you know, back in the day. Well, yeah, yeah, they stung. <laughs> if you don't know what we're on about, you haven't lived, boys. <laughs> the poachers that went on the farm trying to steal Uncle's pig and all that didn't like the rock salt player that way. No. When they stepped, when they stepped into the alarm gun. Apparently, some of these rock salt ones, especially some of them loaded with wheat as well and barley, um, farmer's daughter protection cartridge, eh? Well, that's it. You know, it's a bit like the old Wurzel song, isn't it? My girl, you're where the old man said, as he waved his shotgun gaily. Yeah. And he said, put some lead and you won't go to her twice daily. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Lodge. Oh, yes. Like I said, Adge is buried in the village here. I went to school with a Cutler family because it used to be Adge Cutler and the Wurzels were the backing group. Yeah. Daryl you know, John Cutler is one of my best friends. Um, you know, so there we are, long story. But yeah, funny story with the Collins boys. I told, oh, I yeah. told you, I told you, if there was going to be any gremlins or anything else in the works, of course, the listeners won't under, know, know that it took 10 takes to be able to get that recording because of the technical glitches we had. Oh, yes. And then... And then you got, then you get one of them come on and one would disappear and then we'd lose one and it was like, oh, believe now, what's going on? It's, it's always a comedy with these two. And while we're trying to get it all sorted and the podcast wasn't behaving and everything else, because me and Rob start it first and then invite the guests in. And then I get a message off your dad, am I still getting paid for this? And it's like, oh my days. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Uncle Dave video calling us. Yeah. And then your dad pipes up. I, my program <laughs> starts in ten minutes. I got to watch out. I has. I'm going in ten yeah. minutes. Hour and a half later, yeah. he's still sat there. <laughs> yeah, what made me laugh is he said, "Here, I got. It's the final episode. I got to see this episode. It's the final. I've got to be gone in ten minutes. <laughs> right, I'll start back in 1968." And I went, "Here, I thought you still got ten minutes." <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, here, I've got a rant for you as well. Go on then. We've got a bloody in the last couple of weeks and I know you've had the same problem and quite a few have, have had it as well is what the hell's going on with Facebook and these pe- Facebook message page the manager's page I've got I've got my, my I've got my page as a bloody profile now and I've got to keep oh it's a bloody nightmare I don't know it's a new thing Facebook has tried and it is useless and um, my little tanning thing because um, I've got a little shop on there so people can buy stuff that all cocked up during the week uh, and I had no things there what's happened you were clicking the links to buy stuff and nothing was happening it was just taking you back on itself then it all got sorted and then Facebook is moaning at me because I've posted stuff and it's not linked to an item in the shop and telling me off that way then I got told off for inviting friends like Facebook told me to it's like oh my days then they stuck me on a yellow warning for mucking around with Facebook it's like hang on a minute you bugger told me to do this Who's the bloke who started all this, who runs it? What's his name? Mark Mark's Zuckerberg. Right, yeah, right, Mark, if you're tuning in and listening, now there's an old <laughs> country boy saying in, boy. Now listen carefully and get your team to do it right. If it ain't broke, 
don't bloody, don't bloody fix, fix it. it. <laughs> Oi, now that'll stand you in good stead. Now, I know you're American or something like that, but try and tune in and understand. Your granddad would have probably told you this. If the carburetor is running fine, don't tinker around with it. No. You know. Anyway, there you go. That's it. Rant over. I had enough of them buggers. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. So what we got in the news this week then? You know, because obviously you know, Fat and Airy, we, we're, it's a topical weekly news catch-up. Um, it is Robux season. Woohoo! Well, early um, Robux season. <laughs> uh, no. See, the trouble is, I know people say you've got Calvin, but they're lovely. They're all in their velvet in a minute. And, you know, why don't you leave them a few weeks and then really watch the herds and and then take out the weaklings and the yearlings and all the other bits. Just, just I, I, I just get great pleasure in watching the deer. And I know I'm in charge of seven, I think it's, yeah, seven, seven herds now on different places. And um, I great, get great pleasure in watching them. Um, and do you know, around this part, we ain't got too many deer at the minute. We have bloody poachers everywhere, They're running dogs and all sorts of guns, shooting them from roads and all sorts. We ain't got many deer at all at the minute in the area. Oh dear. Yeah. So uh, are you, you still know, in velvet? Hey. Are you still in velvet for your Robux? Yeah. Yeah. Mine are still in velvet. Yeah. Mine are still growing. I looked there three weeks ago popped down early one Saturday morning uh, and I posted some pictures on my page of Countryman and yes yeah, still in velvet I've seen a couple of posts from lads up in Scotland and they're all bare and ready to go it's like hang on a minute <laughs> oh well that's easy that's different that's down to the temperatures time you know the short times of mating and all sorts of different things out there it's, it's I just thought it was because they're Scottish and hard <laughs> yeah see you Jimmy um, yes. So, uh, there's all sorts of different things to do with the weather and the ecology and where you are and all that sort of stuff that goes on with all this. I don't go too deep into that now because it'll get boring. Um, but I'll tell you what I did last week. Um, I had Sam working for me down from Herefordshire. He, I needed another pest controller in and, and someone who knew the forestry side of stuff because we've got a bit of forestry work doing for one of the estates. And um, he come down now. I mean, we had one of the young sports. Uh, let's say young sport. Young sport. George is nineteen now. Big shout out to George. He's worked hard the last few weeks. I tell you, he's learning a lot. It's painful watching him work because he's nineteen and he thinks he knows better than me. That's forty years older. Uh, but you know, I let him go on and make the mistakes. I do try to advise him and say that's not the right way to do it, my boy. I, I think it's all right. Okay, you do it your way a minute. Then we'll redo it again in a minute and do it the right way. And I'll tell you what, it's painful watching him cut some wood with a put of salt, just some brass or whatever. Oh God, he puts it across his knee and stuff. And I'm like, you're going to hurt yourself in a minute, my boy. Put it on there and cut it on there. Put your foot on it. And, well, he's, he's he's learning slowly. It's uh, what I'll say with George, he's, he's, he does learn very well, but it takes time. You've got to hit it in with the right hammer. Ah. But, so, but going back to the robot bit, um, we were cutting through some forestry bit that we had to cut. Re, well, we had to recut a track in because it's all, all the self-seeded and all sorts of different things gone through there. Nothing been done for twenty years on that bit. So we're going through and we're de- dealing with this 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 path and everything else. And I come across a. I don't know why the, the, the deer chose this little tiny sapling, you know, because right next to it, it was lovely trees with proper rubbing. You could add a proper rub on it, you know. But he chose this little sapling and he rubbed his velvet all up and down. You could see the hair and stuff in it. Yeah, the scratch mark. So uh, I sort of stopped. So I said, and like I say, this sapling was barely, maybe inch and a half thick if you were lucky. But you had a right old time on it, and um, 
I saw so because I could tell it was the you know obviously I saw I knew what I was looking at. Plus there was all the deer tracks around the tree, and um, I sort of said, right, okay, George. I said, that. What do you think this is? You know, and I'm you know trying to educate, obviously. And he you know he came out with a few different ideas and uh, different stuff. He also said deer, and I said, yeah, right. I said, you know, deer, yeah, bang on the money. I said, let's test Sam, see if he knows. So I said, Sam, what do you reckon that is? And he went. Oh, he said some old robux had a fun time on that. Why are you pick that little sapling for? There's a bear one next to it. I said, I don't know, but you know, and it, and it was beautiful. It was lovely. It was you could see where he scratched the hair was in it, a bit of velvet. You know, he'd been scratching there and pulling. So yeah, that was, that was another, uh, another another one of those little gem moments that you had to be there to fully appreciate. Ah, I do. Yeah, so it was just one of those. It was just one of those. It's, you know, like I say, out in Mother Nature, you know. It, it, you see so much and it's not about pulling the trigger or um you know necessarily that you know it's the field craft i mean like when we spoke to matt manning last week it, the, the point was emphasized that it's field craft and it's not always pulling the trigger that fills the bag and gives no. you the greatest pleasure i mean i don't take pleasure in killing anything i never have uh, I don't like killing things, but you know, it's part of what we do. Is and it's part of the job. It's it's, it's got to be, you know, when you're controlling deer, you know, whatever. It's ultimately, you know, something has to be culled to to keep the balance. You know. Yes. Now so I, think, I yeah, no, caught. When was it? I think it was Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Um, stuck TV on for the kids. Don't want to watch this dad. Don't want to have dad. So I said, right, we'll watch this then. And it was the Car- Carpathian Mountains out in Romania. Yep. And they still have wolves, bears, lynx, and several other big things running around. And you would think the locals would be like scared. You know, I know they got the like the legends of Dracula and stuff out there like that. But most of them, they have these huge, great um, shepherding dogs, the ones that actually like live in the flock. Yeah. Um, they look a bit like a Pyrenees mountain dog, if people know what I'm on about. But they also have these other dogs that actually blend in with the sheep. And do you remember the old cartoons, Sam and the sheep dog and the wolf, where they yeah. used to clock in and out? Yeah, the dog looked just like that. <laughs> but I was trying to explain to the kids and they just didn't understand. I'll have to dig out the old cartoon for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's, um... <clears throat> yeah, you do... They, they sort of blend in with the sheep, so it will walls. But yeah, no, it's... Uh, see, I mean, I, I, sometimes for programmes like that, I wish I still had a telly. Um, so when I do get fine time to sit down and... and watch TV I can literally sit down and do it but because I used to love watching things like David Attenborough and you know you know and um, my old mate David Bellamy when he was on yeah you know he was saying like say he was the one who presented me with my, my dear my gamekeeping dear management habitat management degree no I do um, well you've seen the pictures of me and David night you know he invited yeah. me to his butterfly and met them all and uh, he was always we always we kept in touch you know we'd send each other an email from time to time or whatever and um I never did get there which was one of life's regrets I never did get there before he died um but it was one of those things you know but he was lovely bloke David you know it's like this week I mean you know this week a very dear friend of mine Clarissa Dickinson Wright or Clary from Clarissa and the Countryman obviously dear old Johnny's still with us and I'll be seeing him uh in a couple of months we'll be up at the show together um 
dear friends of mine. I mean, you know, Clary, I mean, she was one of the people that really pushed me to, to write and and because she knew I was dyslexic and everything else. And she pushed me to, uh, you know, to face that fear as, as one of the people in my life who inspired me. And, um, you know, that picture I shared in the week, um, we were at the CLA Game Fair. I think that was something like, what are we on there? It was something like 2011. Like, I think the picture was 10 years, the 10th anniversary of it. And she just released her book, Sunday Roasts. And I just released my recipes from the hedgerow. And the picture was there. She was having my book and I had hers. We did a fair swap. All right. Um, so yeah, that was that was up on that was on the countryside line stamp. Yeah, dear old Claire, she was a character. I tell you, she was a she, lovely lady. You know, and uh, you know she she weren't she weren't she liked me. She said it as it was. She didn't hold back with her with her tongue. She said it straight as a, straight as a dying cut like an axe. Oh yes, dear old Clary. Yeah, and I'll yeah. tell you what I used to like is the old um, Two Fat Ladies show with her and Jennifer cooking. Yeah, I, I love that. That's one of the best shows. I love that. It was quite fu- quite funny. And uh, do you know, they'd never actually met before they did that show. Did they not? No. They didn't know each other before. It was put together with the TV and everything else. And um, that's how they sort of come about. They didn't really know each other. Blimey. As far as I know, that's what the story was told to me like anyway. So whatever it is. I can't argue with Clary because she's not here. No. <laughs> I don't think Jennifer's here, is she? I don't believe so, no. No, oh, well, I was thinking cooking up a storm in heaven then. And I know another great team that were just bunged together. You and me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, I got to admit, I mean, obviously you're from Cornwall and I'm from Somerset and we get on the show stands and everything else. And <laughs> hey, you lost that my last time, remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I got to admit, you know, we get people crowd around the stands and the stalls or the shows we do or whatever. Uh, uh, you know, we get it. We get so many emails, messages to the magazine, and you know, and up at the show is, how the hell do we think of all the funny stuff that we come out with? I say, it's, it's just country boy banter. You grew up in the farming, agriculture, or even me with the docking industry and everything else, having a laugh and a joke, and just generally goofing around well that's sort of inbred into us comes natural doesn't it yeah well it's a bit like your dad said his first job on the docks here's a two inch brush and there's a boat go paint it on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that was to do with um, filling up the wheat containers and that was yeah. on the uh well, they, well he knew the job. Gas for that. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did tie the pod thing up, and it floated across the, <laughs> the harbour. If you've never seen Bristol docks, it is massive. You can imagine this huge barge filled with wheat just buckling off on its own. <laughs> <laughs> and they, did, they didn't tie it down or rope it up. <laughs> they had to send a tugboat boat off to rescue it. <laughs> Called the major scene in the shipping lanes. <laughs> Oh, dear. we'll leave that one. Let Dad tell that story on on the uh, the Collins Boys Unleashed. Anybody listening to this, go back and look for the Collins Boys Unleashed. But what I will say is, have a box of tissues ready, pour yourself a pint of cider, sit down, and be entertained for an hour and a half. I guarantee you're going to bust some ribs laughing. Oh yes. You know, then that's true though. When I say to you, Greg, when you get me, Dad, and Uncle Dave at Christmas time, because all our birthdays are literally right on Christmas. We go to a pub, we sit there, we're sat by the fire talking, telling stories, having a laugh and joke. Before we know it, round the bar, we've got people just queuing up, listening to our stories and laughing. 
I know. Oh, I've experienced that? it once, and I in the old glass house there. Oh yeah, in the old glass house. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, yeah. Now I remember that was. You know, and, and just people just sort of edge closer, and it just before you know it, tables are being moved closer, and people are just listening, and you know, it, it just is just you know the entertainment. I mean, we've had it before now at the ringers, at the ring of bells when called by me, and uh, like literally people are rounding us points so we don't go, so we can tell some <laughs> more stories. You know, you know, before we know it, you know, we weren't only going out for a couple of hours. A few, a few hours later, we're all walking out of there holding each other up. Yes. You know, and I'm not sure who had which leg shorter than the other, but we had them on the wrong sides, I swear. <laughs> okay, oh, then, we, was, was then when we get back, and of course, being it's Christmas, you know, back in the day, you know, when Nan and perhaps and Mum, we used to stay at my house, my dad's house, and we'd all have a big family Christmas. And of course, then there'd be Nan and Mum, and of course, perhaps would be with us as well. Look. So there'd be Nan and Mum. Uh, you know, stood there, arms crossed, with us lot wobbling down the road, you know, and, you know, we, we'd, we'd all get a telling off because there was Grandad, there was Paps, there was Dad dad and Uncle Dave, then me, so four generations, all holding each other up, staggering down the road, you know, after a Christmas drinky boost for our birthdays and all that. And, uh, yeah, you know, and that was, that. It, you know, it was only, it was probably one of the last Christmas I remember like that, which, you know, when we got in, have I ever told you the story about when Dad wore the Christmas tree? No. <laughs> well, it was a Christmas, and it's it's got to have been something like a Sunday after Boxing Day or something. So, so Boxing Day must have been a Friday or a Saturday or something. And then we'd been down the pub for a Sunday dinner drink, and we come back, or it might have been the evening, I can't remember. It was, but we come back for cold meat, pickles, lovely, lovely proper chips cooked in the in the frying pan. A whole lot, you know, all done in beef dripping. And we come back for a lovely feast. And it was, and I always remember, me and Dad staggered through the door. Dad fell in the chair, and the Christmas tree was between the two chairs. And I fell onto the sofa. And Mother right. came in, look at us, you bloody pair. What have you two been up to? And bear in mind, I was only about, I was probably 19, 20 maybe. And uh, you know, typical young lad. And uh, I, we follow. So she here. Here's your here's your dinner. Here's your tea. Whatever. Cold meat pickles. Lovely. And, you know. You know. Here's some bread. Look at the state of you. You going up to bed? You're going to go and have a have a shower and go to bed, young man. Blow. And she's giving me a rollicking. And at this point, Dad's in the chair and he's like, he's put. I don't know why, but he put a, a party popper out on. You know, the, when you pull the party, yeah, the, the, the crackers and you got that. He's put it out on. I I always remember it was an orange one. <laughs> and he sat there with his, with his tray and he's got, you know, his, 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 I think it was roast pork and turkey and chips and, you know, pickles, all homemade pickles and all that sort of stuff on a plate. And he sort of half with a, half of an eye open goes, here, where's the tomato sauce? Of course, our mother just lost it at that point. She picked <laughs> out the Christmas tree, wrapped it around his head, tinsel lights the lot. Give him a right wallet with a Christmas tree. <laughs> he pushed it off and he's covered in all the leaves, the tinsel, it's all in his grub. He's picking it out of his grub. He went, all right, I won't bother with any sauce then. <laughs> <laughs> it's one oh, of my fondest memories. And he looked at me and I went, you ain't having mine. Leave <laughs> <laughs> without sauce. Of course, mother was on one, you know, because my old mother, she was, a, you know, she was a fiery bugger, mother. She flew, blimey. The amount of times I've seen her fly off the handle, you know, she, she, she'd get fired right up. And she wouldn't care how big they are, the bigger they are, the harder they fell. 
Oh, Pete Shapcott found like that one day. Cool, blimey. And he was a big old boy, Pete. God rest his soul. He's lovely bloke. He was like six foot six. And, well, he was built like you. You know, big, big old lump. Yeah. And uh, something happened with our... Because my little brother, he was a, he's a blue-eyed little boy for mother. Nothing could... He could do no wrong. Even though he was a little bugger, he could do no wrong. And something had happened. So Pete come down starting and then mother straight out the door at him like a Jack Russell going for the juggler. Oh, funny as hell. I still remember him going up the road going, I ain't going back down there, she's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big, big old farm boy. Yeah, no, I'll peep then, Chorus. So, but memories, memories. Anyway, so news, news, because we're running out of time and I've got to be on a job in about a quarter of an hour. So we... Uh, yeah, and I've got to be on a job in yeah, about so, five minutes. <sighs> right, okay. So what we got left in the latest news of the week? Because we haven't really discussed the news. Uh, yeah, so we did about don't feed livestock, don't tip your rubbish anywhere, um, respect the countryside, because I see people are knocking around all over the shop doing crap again. Um, meant to be having a lockdown lift again soon, the 12th of April, which is next week, is it, Rob? I think that's Wednesday, I think, off the top yeah. of my head. So if you're visiting our lovely countryside, leave it as you bloody found it, please. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, is there oh, anything I'm else topical during the week? And I feel bad because I like my drone. I love flying my drone. Now, under the new rules and regulations, you have to be registered under the FAA, which is um, same as like planes, and you have to have yeah. a number of your drone. Um, and then I see during the week somebody stood in the middle of a field of barley sprouts coming up. Um, walking across flying their drone they were told to please leave politely and they basically said I don't have to ride you where I've got an incident yes you do the drone space and the airspace is for everybody but you have to be on public land only or your own land to stand there and actually fly it so please we'll read the rules and regulations if you're taking your drone out at all well do you know what saying that right I've had a similar incident this last week. Well, say I did, but I didn't. But it was Mags, my secretary. Um, lady from the cottage and Mags, they went off for a walk with the dogs. They Well, they bumped into each other. And uh, there's signs everywhere. You know, it's a private estate. There's, there yeah. is no public access whatsoever on the entire estate. You know, and uh, there's this... There's Mags has bumped into this bloke because she came walking up through by the main gate. And... Uh, well, there stood there. He only stood there and had a pee against the hedge. Like, with these two, yeah, with these two ladies sat there. You know, I mean, obviously Julie and Mags. And then, so Mags walks over and said, "Excuse me, what are you doing?" She said, "I'm flying my drone." She said, "No." She said, "No, this is a private state. You shouldn't be here." He said, "Oh, oh, well." And he started to give her some nonsense and everything else. She said, "She said, like, you know, her exact words was, 'You're lucky it's me. If my boss was here, which he's on his way, you will get more than the sharp side of his tongue and thrown off on your ear.'" Yeah, and he would have. As there's bloody things. I mean, we got we got we got a lovely conservation program there. I've had to get dog walkers off because we got the lovely English grey partridges and things like that. You know, and they're not to be shot. They're there for a conservation point. We've got loads of stuff. And I'm not being funny. Right where I was flying the cottage, where I was flying the bloody, it's private and there's a cottage there. And um, the the lady who, who rents the cottage, she's got a little hot tub, and her two daughters was in the hot tub. Oh, you know. And you know, what the bloody hell's he doing flying over with a drone? I don't know if you got a camera on it or whatever. You know, so you know, like yeah. just oh, it just annoyed me. He was a thirty-something bloke on a motorbike. Man, um, and he was a bloody good job. I didn't get there because he got right ear bashing. Yes, 
Well, by the time I got there, I mean, I didn't know nothing about it. Until and she said, oh, you were lucky you didn't come up just now, boss, because uh, so-and-so. I said, well, where is he? Where did he go? Said, if he'd gone in another part of the estate, I'd have bloody have him off. Yeah, because the rule is you're allowed 400 metres up and 400 metres out from you, and that is it. But some of these drones, they can be souped up. Uh, we had one a couple of years ago come across the valley. Now, the other side of the valley, as you know, Rob's about a mile away, and the guy actually followed his drone with binoculars all the way back to his house, and it worked out it was about a mile and a quarter away, and he'd flown it all over our estate, would you believe? Yeah. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't like these drone things for what they are. They should be limited to their distance, and I think limited to less than 400 metres. I reckon limited them to 100 metres. That's plenty fly enough for you to piddle around, flying things around in a circle. <laughs> um, I like I like what they do in America and and, and uh, what they do. Well, they did it in Malta. The bloody aunties flying these out those drones over. They shot the buggers down. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't do that in this country. No, I know it's a shame, but there you go. You know, but that's, that's where this country's getting buggered. But yeah, drones and everything else. So, what else we got in the news anyway? Um, I think we're all up to date because we're almost out of time, Rob. All right then. It's been a quiet week this week so far. As I, I say, I don't know. I've been, I say, you know, like you said, I work in seven days a week, day and night, and I, I just don't know whether I'm coming or going in a minute. I just, I just seem to be chasing. I've met myself coming back three times. Well, I can currently tell you you're going because it'll be um, the end of the podcast in very, very few seconds, minutes. <laughs> well, I, what I've decided to do, I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick the yard brush up my backside, a feather duster in each ear, and try and do the ice work, the garden and the, fe- and the forestry work at the same time. That could be interesting. Yeah, it's a bit like that bloke when he used to play, you know, carry the drum on his back and all the cymbals and the things and used to be able to, I'm bit, I feel a bit like that at the minute. I'm juggling bloody everything. A one-man band. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. I'm, I'm Dave. <laughs> if you see the speed I'm going around, some of the young sports are giving it. Didn't know you could move that fast, Rob. So I don't know what I have to. <laughs> Us country boys can move quite fast when we need to. We just don't yeah, like oh, to. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll tell you, going back to George before I go, a little funny story. All right. And uh, now, you know, fencing staples, you know, the little yep. curve staples, you tap them in with a hammer, attack hammer, whatever. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, Young Grace, who's, ha- who's Harry's girlfriend, uh, was our help, and I said she's nicknamed George Princess. <laughs> so sorry, George, I got, I've got to say because he because he it's like a princess apparently, um, and he's putting these staples in, and it's painful to watch. He's going bang, ting, it's gone, bang, ting, it's gone. I'm like, why don't you try it like this? And I said, use the hammer instead of the back of the little hat axe. And uh, I said because the axe back of the axe bit is curved. I said you. You know, you hit the curved surface against a curved surface. So, you know, anyway, ting, ting, ting. I'd say it's painful to watch him putting fence staples in, attacking up fencing. Oh, dear. So, big shout out to George. He's working hard. He's a good lad. He's, he's really a chef. I mean, he's on furlough at the minute. Um, but, you know, so he's not really used to this sort of stuff. Never had to do it, but it is quite painful watching him do stuff sometimes. And it just reminds me of me when I was youthful. You know, I'd have to do it the hard way. And, and like everything, you know, I try to, like you, you try to teach people the right way because we've made the mistakes. We've done the, the wrong things. And, but i got to admit, it's painful sometimes watching someone make the mistakes that had already been made in the past and you're trying to correct them. 
George, just to let you know, I know a man that does fencing professionally. He can whack a full-size inch and a half staple in in four clouts. Yeah. <laughs> that takes some doing in hard post. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's, 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 you start off with these little tiddly tip, 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 tip. I'm just like, yeah, whack it, will you? <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning curve and he's learning some great skills um, and he's learning some great forestry work. You know, when we encompass in the different things and trying to teach, you know, when we've had to do some bigger stuff and uh, I'm trying to say, he's, he's trying to cut into a tree and I said, right, if you do that, where's the fall going to be? You've got to calculate, look, watch, you're going to cut a wedge here, do that and watch, and it's going to fall right there. And he's like, how do you know it's going to fall there? I said, because that's how I've cut it. That's, I've worked with the fell and all this sort of stuff. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm like, what? And you're like, where are you? I'm like, where are you cutting it backwards? <laughs> like, but, you know, he's getting, there. he's getting there. He's learning. Um, you know, everybody got to learn. Oh yeah. You know, but I've got to admit, there is a bit, of an element of comedy and an element of pain watching, watching young people work. Time. Especially when it's they when you listen good enough, Rob, where you can fell a tree uphill. That's when you know you can work a saw well. Yeah, we did. We've done plenty of that in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the actual the, the hills. <laughs> you know, I, like I like I put ropes up to control a fall, and he's like, "No, no," he said, "It'll be fine." And this is the one thing is his favorite his favorite thing he likes to say, "It'll be fine." I'm like, no, it won't. Let's do it the right way. So I'm like, right, put a rope to there, a rope to there. I'm going to cut it here. And I cut against the hill and against the cut, really, because he's leaning the other way. But by using the ropes, I controlled the fall. Um, and, you know, and again, felled uphill. Um, he's like, how did you get it to do that? I said, experience. Listen, I'm teaching you. Watch and learn. I said, you'll learn the right way without making the mistakes I made when I was your age. Because I'm sure I was just a bloody copy. My old man, I tell you, you know, it's like brother, right now, my brother, I even went to bloody college to learn carpentry and everything else. My brother cannot cut a straight line. No? You could, you know, he can't cut a straight You could put a line level, laser, pencil mark, you name it. But he cannot cut a straight line on a piece of wood. Oh dear. Sean, go back to college. <laughs> I think he's better at shooting than he is at anything else. So there you go. <laughs> right. But he'll openly admit it, he can't cut a straight line. Right, I've had a look, and it's a goodbye from me, and then you say it's a goodbye from him, okay? Oh, say. Okay, go on, fire on. Right, so that is this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We have surpassed over a thousand listens now, so that is outstanding in the two and a half, three months we've been doing it, folks. If you'd like any subjects touched, give us a shout. You know all the contact details. And it's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from him. And I'll catch you later, bud. Proper.